This is essentially someone who is very charming, has created a kind of charming, folksy backstory for himself, is an incredible salesman, mm. and... Oh, it, oh, your trucks work? So do everyone else's. What's innovative about that? Show me a truck that doesn't work, okay? <laughs> um, and who has... It feels to me, right, like he's gone through and he's like, I was inspired by my father, I was inspired by my charity work, I have all mm. of these connections, and it feels to me, again, like kind of like a work. It feels just like I have the boilerplate story of tech CEO. You could lift this and put it on anybody else. Yeah. Well, because this is also like it, like these people whose entire lives are just like an Ivy League application essay, right? Mm. Where like it's a fall with this thing like, but I also do charity work because I really believe in the spirit of mankind. But yeah. obviously mostly what I care about is being rich, but also I played lacrosse with children in Africa. I learned a lot about their mental health. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's important that they just talk what, to each other. And what I think is interesting about that, right? <laughs> is that it become there is this common language of if you have to bluff your way into any prestigious institution because this guy he was a college dropout you know he was there for like one semester he keeps crafting that tech ceo story mm -hmm. but i was too smart for college the mm -hmm. fundamentals of the sto uh, the fundamentals of the narrative just stay the same like you can always yeah. tell if someone's bullshitting you if they tell you they're inspired by charity work essentially yeah. because 9 times out of 10 it's something like this that yeah. they're doing I really don't trust people who drop out of college to start a business because, like, college is fun. Like, you can still start a business when you're done with being at, like, just fuck around for three more years. Like, why would you not? Why would you be such a nerd and quit to work, like, an 80-hour week? Like, what a fucking stupid thing to do. So I've got a few of his uh, previous businesses, right? And like I said, we're going to meet members of his family later. Cool. Uh, but this is the for first the one. St. George Security and Alarm. Oh, if you if your if your business is vulnerable to dragon attack, <laughs> fear no more. Wasn't Prince oh, no, Andrew? One of, wasn't one of like no Mark Thatcher? Wasn't one of Mark Thatcher's? <laughs> sorry, easy to get those guys confused for some yeah. reason. <laughs> uh, wasn't one of Mark Thatcher's ventures selling burglar alarms in the U.S.? Uh, I believe it was in Hong Kong. Huh. Yeah. If someone's, if someone's, if the person you're dealing with is uh, sweating, uh, that's that's Mark Thatcher. Yeah. Um, so. St. George Security and Alarm, basically, take not to simple yeah. as. this was from an interview with CNN Business, uh, where a Nevada investor called Glenn Pills, <laughs> <laughs> who I think might have worked with Ecky Newton. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh. Man, I'm just vibing. I can feel the market, you know? Imagine I, that I you're love yeah. this. I love your business. Like he decided to change his name to the name that your drug dealer has in your phone. <laughs> so Nevada businessman Glenn Disco Biscuit was <laughs> handsome Rob <laughs> was excited to be buying a business in 2006 from Trevor Milton, which hmm. I imagine is the last time he felt good about buying a business from Trevor Milton. 2006 it's, it's, was a crazy time. It's, it's a bad trip. Yeah, bad Pills, people were buying Cadillac Escalades. It uh, was a you know. Pills said Milton seemed like a good guy, and hmm. he recalled Milton impressing him by saying how he was paying for someone's education in Brazil. Cool. Yeah, his, his uh, Nesta, his, <laughs> his adult. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not cats. Exactly. <laughs> and so, Hills took every dollar from his 401k account and savings account to buy St. George Security and Alarm in St. George, Utah. However, most of the equipment that was included within the contract, like ladders and alarms, was 
fictional. Uh, accounts receivable <laughs> were wildly inflated. And then there were a bunch of strange contractual terms that Pills was then obligated to fulfill, such as paying one of his employees rent. Uh, huh? Oh. Comrade? This all seems no. above board. Yeah. Comrade so, Milton? Um, I mean, mm. this just seems like this is just totally normal. And also, if someone has a, the kind of business history like this, surely the chairman of GM would be like experienced enough to look into him before working with of him, course. right? Of course. Pills was also his dealer. Yeah. Can't, <laughs> can't, get, like, can't, yeah. can't, can't get the wires crossed. Yeah. And additionally... Like, yeah, so there's that. But also, it's not just GM that worked with this guy. It was like Bosch, Q, as you said, Worthington, like a, a numerous companies all had contracts and, and stuff in place to work with him so that it could just be shopped around to others. It's that thing where you're trying to pick up drugs, but you end up having to hang out with your dealer at his house. <laughs> and then like, there's actually some other guys there who are also trying to buy drugs. So you end up making like awkward small talk. And then suddenly you're involved in securities fraud. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he had another business uh, called U-Pillar, which is a classified... <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's investing in U-Pillar. I mean, it's, it's the sixth pillar of Islam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a classified <laughs> website that launched in 2009, um, mm. which was he tried to sell to an investor that Milton said at the time the website was as popular as Craigslist and would soon overtake Amazon. Okay. Was it? Well, and I use it. it every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Q, you're the business person. Was it and did it? No. Ah, oh, keeps missing. Oh no! I, mm. I, let me just go onto Robinhood and reverse all my trades in U Pillar. It is a very good place to troll for chemsex, though. So um, <laughs> the investor said they didn't have a real reason to doubt Milton's claims. And that- oh, other than his entire background, <laughs> other than the entire history of everything he'd ever done, and the fact that he couldn't really explain what this website was or why it would be so successful. Other than that, his claims were completely reasonable. Um. He trusted the people that referred him to Milton, but looking back, said he wished he did more due diligence. Oh, damn. Look, in 2009, websites were still a very relatively new thing. That's true. They were rare. Yeah. Couldn't get them. Exactly. I trusted my dealer. He had good dank. He Why a, would he recommend me a bad investment? He, he had a great Pixo website. In fact, oh, well, yeah. I, I, I do want to do one thing before we carry on, though, and I might throw to, to, to sort of others for a little bit of this, but... What we're talking about seems like it's just rich people scamming rich people or people with money scamming people with money. Yeah, because you know, GM it is. getting bilked. And yeah, it's true. It is. But I, th- I think that there is like a reason that this matters to ordinary people, which is it's not directly that we worry that GM is going to get like, oh, no, GM got its feelings hurt and embarrassed in the market. It's that things like electrifying transportation are crucially important. It's critical that that happens among mm. yeah, which is why things. we've left it to this one Mormon failsome. <laughs> yeah, mm. exactly. And just the activities that these companies are getting, because if you if you are a Marxist, you'll think money represents labor. It is the commodity mm. form of labor, and so by just pouring enormous amounts of labor into these active into these boxes that exist for rich people to scam one another. What we're doing is we're putting less of our money in actual, not less of our social labor power in making the stuff that we need to not die like electric cars and putting it into fancily branded boxes so that, yeah, this like Mormon fail family can buy like, you know, their own mountain compound. Yeah, but right. Riley, not dying is actually really expensive, and I'm not sure that we as a human race can afford to I mean, not die. Uh, that That's my take. But Q, I'm, I'm interested to know, I mean, you, you were obviously into this because, you know, it's 
it's you're into it professionally, but d- does that sound to you like a r- good reason that people should care about this stuff? Yeah, this sort of goes back to what we were talking about with the, in the Tesla episode, which is that the government has basically outsourced like huge and critical portions of its function uh, to like the market. So like we don't have you know regulatory enforcement of financial crimes uh, at the corporate level until they're like exposed by a short seller. You know we don't have like massive electrification of transit projects being carried out uh, by the government. We have, you know, a bunch of sort of, you know, scammers and fraudsters raising, you know, money from the market to claim that they'll revolutionize transportation. We don't have like the city of Chicago building like an expansion of the subway system. We have them handing, you know, the boring company a billion dollars to like not build a tunnel so that the mayor can get like a a photo op with Elon Musk. So it it does matter Mm. because it's like a degradation of the capability of the government to do like shit that matters in the real world. Uh, this, I don't know how much press this got in, in uh, the UK, but like I recall in like June, Trump was talking about how they were just going to have Google build like a contact tracing app uh, for, for the coronavirus. And it was like, yeah, this is definitely something the government should do, but the government doesn't have the capability to do it. So they have to find some like shady public private partnership uh, to like let a bunch of people rip some money off and then build like an okay product or no product at all. Exactly. In Britain, we just call that the government doing things. <laughs> the government doesn't even have a concept of doing things without a public-private partnership. And so I think, and I, this is like the this is why I think it's worth talking about in this episode in particular. It's that understanding this, it's not necessarily that like oh no, I'm worried that rich people are not making the money they should. It's more like these actual activities that we're talking about are getting crowded out by this. But this is what's left, hmm. you know? Um, yeah, tr- trucks is- that don't exist or that don't work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, look, it, you, you want to start a company that makes electric trucks, okay? Why should you have to make any electric trucks? What a narrow view <laughs> of what an electric truck company should do. 